Hello everyone and welcome to the Let's Chat Formula One podcast. On this podcast we talk about Formula One and everything in between. I'm your host Chloe Prinsloo and let's just get right into it. Miami Grand Prix review. Hello everyone, so in today's episode we'll be talking about the Miami Grand Prix and talk about the weekend and what happened and what the weekend had in store for us. With that being said, I'm Chloe Prinsloo, the host of this podcast, and let's jump right in. So before we get into the racing aspect aspect of the weekend, let's talk about some of the news that happened. So over the... I do apologise that I'm sick, so if you're sniffling, then please ignore it. So over the course of the weekend, there was some chatter received amongst the fans and what their thoughts and feelings are for the Miami Grand Prix. And let's just say it wasn't a very positive outcome and it wasn't a very, it wasn't positive feedback, if that makes sense. Most of the fans were very upset with their reasoning being said that they are influencers who don't know about F1, but get invited with VIP passes and get brand deals, etc. Um, which is totally understandable why people may be feeling like this. But personally, me, I don't have an opinion on this topic. Um, but it was something that was mentioned plenty of times over the weekend. So yeah. Moving on to some other news, Charles Leclerc took to his Instagram story last week and he actually posted on his story saying that he is releasing another song called MIA 23, which is one colon one, which is exciting news since we already got the AUS 23 one colon one and now he's releasing MIA 23 one colon one. I'm very excited to see what the musical industry has in store for him. So now let's take a look at the weekend and the race that happened. So let's start off by looking at Friday. um, Because if you don't already know, Formula One is taken over the course of three days, Friday, Saturday and Sunday. And sometimes it may be taken over the course of Thursday, Friday and Saturday. Which we'll get into later in the year. So let's look at Friday. FP1 and FP2 was held on Friday, which stands for practice one and practice two. There wasn't a article or anything written about practice one, so I'm just moving right into practice two. In practice two, Max Verstappen set the fastest time in Miami ahead of the Ferraris. As for Charles Leclerc, P3, he brought out the first red flag of the session. During practice two, Carlos Sainz finished second, while his teammate Charles Leclerc finished third. However, Leclerc brought out a red flag as he oversteered and locked up, sending the Ferrari into the barriers. The top five in practice two was Verstappen, Sainz, Leclerc, Perez and Alonso. Moving on to Saturday, FP3 and qualifying was held on Saturday, which is practice three and qualifying which sets the grid for Sunday. 
In practice three, Red Bull's Max Verstappen topped the timesheets in the final practice session at this weekend's Miami Grand Prix, finishing comfortably ahead of Charles Leclerc and teammate Sergio Perez in preparation for qualifying. So practice three had a much quieter start with only Esteban Ocon making his way out onto the track when the lights turned green. This session was about gathering pace, which most of the teams put softs on the driver's cars. And Max Verstappen setting the fastest lap time, which was 1 minute and 27.66 seconds. Perez, who admitted he wasn't comfortable on track on Friday, was third fastest. And surprisingly, the Alpine had some speed, with Ocon and Gasly being fifth and sixth, which makes me a little happy. <laughs> Let's take a look at qualifying. So, I am in the GMT plus two time zone, so all the USA races fall legit, um like at night night for me like in the middle of the night um whereas all the other races are perfectly fine um so qualifying last night for me was at um oh why can i not look oh i can't look but it was at i think it was like at half oh it was 10 o'clock until like half past 12 and yeah, <laughs> I was just sitting there and I was like, I'm not going to fall asleep. I'm not going to fall asleep. Um, but as much as I was tired, this qualifying like confused me. And it was the most confusing qualifying ever. And this is why. Sergio Perez took home pole position with the Lonzo behind him in signs in third. Starts off normal, right? The conditions got tough during qualifying as the wind picked up. Max Verstappen then went in to change his tyres and only came out when there was, I think, three minutes left. Um, and right after that, Leclerc lost his car at turn four and spun into the barriers, bringing out another red flag and ending qualifying which gave us the order of Perez starting first, Alonso alongside him, Sainz, Magnussen and Gasly, which I was like so surprised and I was like, what? Like, Magnussen, Gasly? What? <laughs> it was so shocking. Um, which obviously meant leaving Leclerc in seventh and Max Verstappen in ninth. Like I said, that was very confusing qualifying, and I don't know what to say about it. Um, but that was qualifying three, and in... Ew, I just hit the mic. I'm sorry if that was heard. <laughs> in qualifying two, Lewis Hamilton suffered his worst qualifying in the United States and got eliminated in qualifying two. Lewis Hamilton will be starting in 13th. Um, having struggled through sector one in the second segment of qualifying. Zhao Guanyu qualified P14 for Alfa Romeo and Nick De Frias <laughs> managed P15 for Alfa Tori. Um, which, I mean, it's better than last. Um, but yeah. <laughs> and then qualifying one, which is obviously the, obviously the beginning of qualifying. Um... 
in qualifying one, we basically saw that both the McLarens were eliminated with Landon Norris being 16th and his teammate Oscar Piastri being 19th. Yuki Shinoda qualified as provisional 17th for AlphaTauri ahead of the Ashton Martins Alonso Stroll, while the home driver Logan Sargent was lost on the board for Williams. Um, yeah, that was basically it for qualifying, but. The horse showed a stunning turn of pace with Kevin Magnussen taking P5 in um, Q1 <laughs> um, and Nico Hulkenberg taking P9 and six tenths of the pace despite having tapping the wall. Like I said, Lewis Hamilton tapped the wall in avoidance of horse of the horse's car um, early in the session. And Esteban Ocon in P8, while Ocon's teammate Pierre Gasly finished 10th. George Russell then ended up 11th ahead of Fernando Alonso in P12. And Zalgon Yu was 13th, with Alex Albon 14th. Um, so the people that were knocked out in Q1 was Norris, Shinoda, Stroll, and Pia Stroll Piastri, and Sargent. Um, and then in Q2... Verstappen continued as he left off shooting at the top with his effort of 1 minute 27.11 seconds um, while Ferrari Saints made it to second. Alpine's Ocon took sixth ahead of Bottas and another Alpine of Gasly leaving Magnussen ninth for Haas. Russell they made it through in P10 and while his teammate Hamilton struggled in sector one and which landed up with him ending in P13, which knocked him out. The people that were knocked out in Q2 was Albon, Hulkenberg, Hamilton, Zhao, and De Frias. And those, that is everything. There was just a quote that was said at the end of qualifying. Um, I think it's been my worst weekend up to qualifying, says Sergio Perez after securing his pole. I just couldn't figure out how to pull those tents that I was missing all the time to Max and the Ferraris. I was just resetting everything and we did a small change into qualifying and really everything became more alive. I think this was tarmac, we just playing a bit with the tools and we put in a lap when it mattered. So that is everything about qualifying and we will be looking at the race. Okay, so moving on to the race, let's start off by talking about the race and the starting grid. So I'm not going to read the whole grid, I'll just read the top 10. And the starting grid was Perez, Alonso, Sainz, Magnussen, Gasly, Russell, Leclerc, Ocon, Verstappen, Bottas. Um, and I don't know if I already said it because I am filming, filming, I am recording this section, like right now a day later so I don't know what I said yesterday um but like I said that grid really confused me so let's move on to the race and basically what happened um to start us off with just a little brief about it Max Verstappen struck back in the 2023 title race by beating Red Bull teammate Sergio Perez to victory during Sunday's Miami Grand Prix recovering from ninth on the grid and passing the pole sitter in the closing stages of an intriguing strategic race. 
Perez had slashed Verstappen's championship advantage to just six points with a sprint and Grand Prix double last time in Azerbaijan and a topsy-turvy qualifying session in the Miami International Autodrome, which gave him the golden opportunity to move to the top of the standings. However, while Perez led the first half of the race on a medium hard tyre strategy, Verstappen expertly stretched out on his initial stint on hards to rise from 9th to, to ninth to P1. <laughs> um, and he emerged just behind his teammate with a fresh set of mediums later on. With 10 laps remaining, Verstappen cleared Perez to move into the lead and the Mexican had to settle for the runner-up spots and lose some of the ground he had made up in the title race. In the end, the race results came to the top five being Verstappen, Perez, Alonso, Russell and Sainz. With Verstappen earning 26 points, Perez earning 18, Alonso earning 15 and Russell earning 12 and Sainz earning 10. Which I'm actually glad one of the Ferraris made it through <laughs> and brought some points in for the team um, and there wasn't any DNFs. So I'm very happy about that it, for, for the Ferraris. Um, in addition to this, Verstappen picked up the fastest lap bonus points to top up his tally and the driver of the day award, with fans suitably impressed by his charge through the field. With the Red Bulls again in the league of their own, it was left to Fernando Alonso and Ashton Martin to claim the best of the rest spot in third, making it four podium finishes in five races for the new partnership. Now... Talking about that and bringing Ashton Martin and Fernando Alonso into this, Ashton Martin has actually really surprised me this year. And, like, yeah, like, they just, they were, like, the underdogs. And, like, last last year, they weren't really, like, they weren't bad, but they weren't that good and all this type of stuff. And now this year, they're, like, sitting at, like, second in the constructors. And I'm like, what? Because last year it was um, Red Bull and Ferrari, and now this year it's Red Bull and um, Ashton Martin. So I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> um, and then George Russell was in the lead for Mercedes in fourth, thanks to, thanks in part to teammate Lewis Hamilton moving out of the way in a different strategy earlier in the race. Um... Science was hit with the five-second time penalty, though, for speeding in the pits during his swap of tyres, but there was enough of a gap back to Hamilton and teammate Charles Leclerc to keep fifth position at the chequered flag. Um, Alpine bounced back from their Baku nightmare with a double points finish, Pierre Gasly leading home teammate Esteban Ocon, while harsh driver Kevin Magnussen rounded out to the points paying positions after his P4 start. Now Magnussen actually said that he was hoping for more of more than one point since he got P4 because Magnussen, um, if you didn't hear, he got P4 in qualifying, which means he was starting P4. And he actually dropped all the way to, I think it's 10th, which only gave him one point. Um, Yuki Shinoda missed out on another point in his AlphaTauri, having scored in Australia and Azerbaijan, taking P11 ahead of Ashton Martin's launch stroll with some defence driving to the finish line. Alfa Romeo driver Valtteri Bottas ran inside the points early in the race, but dropped back to 13th as the various tyre strategies played out. Followed by the Williams of Alex Albon, Haas of Nico Hulkenberg and teammate Zhao Guan Yu. 
McLaren, Pay, Lando Norris, and Oscar Piastri had quiet race race in their route to 17th and 19th respect, respectively, having been the only drivers to start on soft tyres. They were split by the other AlphaTauri of Nick DeFrias, with Williams rookie and home fav- home favourite Logan Sargent bringing up the rear after an early pit stop for a new front ring. Now, um, yeah, that now that we've mentioned McLaren, um, I actually feel for McLaren, like, McLaren is probably in one of my top five teams, and, like, I'll look at them and just be like, like, what happened? Because, um, McLaren earlier in the year, they were like, yeah, we, we built the car so that, like, we made the car so that it can be probably one of the best out on track, and, like, I don't know what's happening right now, but there's something happening with the McLaren, so I don't know what, I don't know how, I don't know where, I don't know when, I don't know who, but... Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, that's about everything just for the race. Um and there is some news headlines where um I'm trying to figure out what I need to say in this episode and what I need to say in the next one. Um oh, okay, let's talk about Ferrari. So signs in the closings, signs yeah, I'm saying it so much more differently than what I usually do, and I don't know why. Anyways, so um, Science and Eclair basically um, gave their feedback on the race and what they think they can improve on and everything like that. Like I said, I'm reading from an article, and then I'll give my thoughts where I have to. Um, but basically, I saw a Leclerc, no, Scudero Ferrari posted a video Um basically where Charles is like yeah I was talking to science and we need a lot a lot of work so let's get into that Carlos Sainz and Charles Leclerc were left questioning the inconsistencies that plagued Ferrari's SF23 after finishing Sunday's Miami Grand Prix in fifth and seventh respectively Leclerc started the race from seventh after crashing out in qualifying and struggled to make inroads on the drivers ahead, finding himself in a battle with the horse of Kevin Magnussen for much of the early stages in the race. So I was actually watching the race and it was like, like these two were just so focused on each other. Um, like Charles overtook Magnussen, then the next corner came and Magnussen overtook Charles and then the next corner came and it was so on so forth. And I was like sitting there and I'm like, okay, can one of you just keep it? And then Magnussen kept it, I'm pretty sure. And then I had to get up because I needed the bathroom. And then I came back and Magnuson was dropped out. I, like, Leclerc was, like, third or something like that. And I was like, okay, I missed so much. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> like, I legit, and it was two minutes. And I was like, okay, everything happened in two minutes. And I need to recap myself. <laughs> Anyways. So after his first and only pit stop, the Monegasque made his way through the field, eventually passing Magnuson before overtaking Pierre Gasly for sixth. Only for the Mercedes of Lewis Hamilton to come by, dropping him down to 7th at the flag again. Following the conclusion of the race, the Ferrari teammates were pictured having an intense discussion in Port Forme. Sorry, I don't know if I'm saying that right. And speaking the media afterwards, Leclerc revealed what was being said. It was really difficult, he admitted. 
We were just speaking to Carlos and we basically agreed that we have a car that is so incredibly difficult to be on the limits and on my side. I don't know what is going on, but in the high speed, I had the car moving a lot. Not from the rear, but just from the overall platform of the car was touching like crazy. So we will check the car and everything, but it didn't feel great. We were... As we were saying with Carlos, it was just very inconsistent car today. Obviously, not a great race. Then, when asked why his car was bouncing so much more compared to Sainz, Leclerc replied, We need to check. I cannot speak for Carlos. I haven't seen it. I don't think he was complaining that much speaking to him, but for me, it was quite crazy. So, I don't know what was going on, really. Leclerc then asked how important the upcoming upgrades are the Ferrari are that ferrari plan to bring to the next few races to which he responded well it's going to be very important because now we are very 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 far away like very far away and for me i really struggle to find any explanations why we are so far in the race and so close in qualifying this is really something we need to work on signs on the other hand revealed that all the issues he was battling in his second stint that's saw him go from fighting with Fernando Alonso for third to losing to the Mercedes of George Russell for fifth. When told what Leclerc had previously said about the conversation and their car, Sainz said he revealed it then. It's very tough for us at the moment. I had a super encouraging and exciting first stint pushing Fernando and thinking that we could actually battle him and stay ahead of the Mercedes for the race. Then we went for the undercut which was they were putting early for fresh tyres and having to push those first three laps after the pit stops killed my tyres and it was just a very long stint from there to the end. We were battling inconsistencies of the wind with the unpredictability of the car with the overheating of the tyre which means we have very little flexibility in the race to play around with other cars with the strategy and I think we paid the price of maybe putting those five laps too early to undercut Fernando. Ask what Ferrari can do to solve their issues. Sainz said, keep trying things. We are very, we are trying every weekend, changing the car every weekend. We just need to find out why we are on the fight for pole position on Saturdays and then one second off on the Sundays. We just keep digging, keep understanding because it's going to give us a better understanding for the rest of the year. So that was actually that, that last bit that I read. That was actually something that I was thinking about. I was like, and I actually spoke to my dad about it yesterday when it was the race. I was like, dad... The Ferraris are so close in qualifying and in practice, in, in like the practices. But when the race comes, they like, like seconds off. And I mean, um, if you watched Australia last week, I'm pretty sure it was last week. I mean, the drivers were legit like, like um, Leclerc was 15 seconds away from Max. And I was just sitting there and I'm like, but this Ferrari... This Ferrari was doing so good in qualifying and the same car is driving now in the race and what happened? So I feel like that's something they also need to figure out. I think it's maybe also their strategies. Um, like I said, I'm not an expert in that. Like I'm not an engineer, so I would not know. But I think it's possibly their strategies that are making them like this because, I mean, in qualifying, there obviously is strategies, but yeah, um yeah <laughs> but I was just like questioning that I was like they all like they get pole and they're on the fights and all this type of stuff and then the race comes and then and they're not um but yeah that is the the news that came from the race that is the race that is the qualifying that is basically the whole review of the Miami Grand Prix 
Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I will see you guys on Thursday. Please do not mock my words for it. I don't know what this week has um, planned out for me. Um, but hopefully I'll see you guys on Thursday. Latest will be Friday um, with another episode. And yeah, enjoy the rest of your weeks and I'll see you soon. Bye guys.